Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. Happy spring, or autumn, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. I haven't looked at my stats recently. I'm not sure how many listeners I have in the Southern Hemisphere. It is not spring as I'm writing this. No, it is definitely still winter. I'm pretty sure I will need to shovel again today. At least uh, it looked that way when I went to bed last night. Anyway, I generally write early in the morning, so I haven't been outside yet today. Anyway, it is not winter where Aeneas and his merry band of Trojans are in a full-out war against the Rutulians. That's where we left the Aeneid, and no surprise, that's where we pick up with Book 11. As a reminder, I am working from the Fitzgerald translation. When we last left our intrepid heroes, Pallas was dead. He still is, so, yeah. Anyway, Aeneas starts the day by hanging up Mezentius's army as a trophy to Mars. Then he gives a pep talk before announcing that it's funeral time! Fortunately, the other side also wants to have some funerals, so a 12-day truce is called for just that reason, but not before Aeneas taunts Turnus for not staying to fight, which really must have pissed Turnus off because you'll recall Juno tricked him into leaving the battlefield. And then it really is funeral time. A massive procession takes Pallas home to his father. Evander throws himself on his son's corpse and sings a lengthy dirge that ends with a statement that he wants Aeneas to avenge Pallas's death. And he, Evander that is, will only be happy if he can take the news himself to Pallas, who you'll recall is dead, so he's in the underworld, which means basically Evander has lost his will to live. They build a pyre for Pallas so he gets a nice Trojan burial. Others are interred in the Latin style. Some are burned en masse. There are a lot of bodies to deal with. And Turnus's allies are no longer so sure that he's worth it, not with so many of their young men lost. Is it really worth it to sacrifice more of their sons for his purpose? It gets worse, at least if you're Turnus. Remember how he asked Diomedes for help? Well, Diomedes finally gets back to him. Yeah, He's already spent a lot of time fighting Trojans, like a whole, I don't know, 10 years, and he has no desire to fight any more Trojans. So have fun, Turnus. Diomedes isn't coming. Latinus sighs. Maybe they should just give up. Let Aeneas settle in the region. Drances, however, stands up and announces that Turnus started the war, so Turnus should be the one to end it. He should go and challenge Aeneas to single combat. Turnus responds by saying that Drances talks a good game, but that's all he is, a talker. Besides, Turnus has no intention of stopping the war. He's already called for new allies to come and join him, and this is why we're only in Book 11 of the 12 that make up this epic, because a new ally does join him. Her name is Camilla. Yes, like Gonzo the Great's chicken girlfriend, Camilla. And she is awesome. The remainder of book 11 is devoted to Camilla, going into great detail on her, get this, Aristia. You remember in Aristia where like one particular hero goes and kills a bunch of people gloriously? Camilla, a woman, has an Aristia. This is so cool. 
And she does. She kills a lot of people. Now, admittedly, she does have some help, as you can imagine. She is beloved of Diana, goddess of the hunt. And so this time, we have a new goddess intervening in the war through the proxy of Opus, one of the members of her train. In the past, we've seen a lot of Venus and Juno. Today, we get Diana, Artemis if you're Greek, Diana if you're Roman. Although, like I noted, through through the proxy, she sends Opus to, to help out. After killing several of the strongest men on Aeneas's side, you'll recall she's on Turnus's side, Camilla is finally struck down by Aruns. And he is only able to kill her with some help from Apollo, Diana's twin brother. Sibling rivalry much? With her dying breath, Camilla tells one of her friends that it's now, finally, up to Turnus to defeat Aeneas. As far as Arons is concerned, Opus follows him and gets Diana's revenge with a single arrow. Don't mess with Diana's women, right? No surprise, given the earlier counsel, but Turnus's army falls apart after Camilla dies. They hadn't been particularly interested in continuing the war before she arrived, and now that she's dead, why should they stay? Turnus decides that he must attack before he loses all of his men. But it's getting dark, so that will have to wait for another day. And logically, that is the end of Book 11. I don't know how I had forgotten this part of the Aeneid. I had completely forgotten about the character of Camilla, let alone how much screen time she gets. She's compared to an Amazon, so perhaps you can see how she fits into this Iliad portion of the Aeneid. But the Amazons in the Iliad get a brief mention when compared to Camilla. There are only 12 books in this epic. Almost half of this book is devoted to her, which means she gets 1 24th of the entire Aeneid. And I even have marginalia about her in my copy. I mean, but then I also didn't realize I'd read Prometheus Bound until I saw all my marginalia when I reread it for that episode. So clearly my memory of all my college class classes is mixed at best. Anyway, Camilla really is awesome. She berates the enemy women for being cowards and then kills any number of men. And how many? Okay, I didn't keep a body count in the margin, so I have no clue. I could go back and count, but where's the fun in that? Maybe the next time I read the Aeneid, whenever that might be, I will actually make a body count. Uh, But where I think Camilla is important for the focus of this podcast is what she has to say about the role of women. She's beloved of Diana, which tells us a key thing. She's a virgin. She's not married. She's not a mother. Diana did not hang out with women who were not virgins. She was very strict on her requirements to be a member of her train. And we frankly know this is not true of the actual Amazons of Greek mythology. We know of their children. So we know that you could could be a mother and still be an Amazon, that one did not preclude the other. Um... But we're not dealing with the Greeks anymore, are we? We are dealing with the Romans. And a Roman matron behaving like a woman like Camilla? Unthinkable. I mean, even a Roman maiden behaving like a woman like Camilla is pretty unthinkable. So where 
where does Camilla, the character, come from? And from what I've been able to find in a not nearly long enough Google Scholar search, she seems to be an invention of Virgil, a combination of a variety of mythological archetypes. And that makes her even more fascinating because Virgil appears to have completely made up this part of an older story that he is telling. And he comes up with the most un-Roman of women. Now, historically speaking, Etruscan women did have a lot more freedom in society than Roman women did. So maybe Virgil is drawing from that tradition and he isn't trying to create a Roman woman. He's trying to create an Etruscan woman. I do have to say, though, that if this podcast evolves into deep dives of specific subjects, Camilla is someone I want to come back to. Virgil gives her a fascinating backstory about how her father raised her in the wild, and that's how she becomes beloved of Diana. But this is it. This is the primary source for the character of Camilla, at least, like I said, as far as I've been able to glean from a not nearly long enough search of scholarly works. So what do you think of Camilla? Or of anything else in this book, of the funeral of Pallas? I titled it based on that because... That's what I remembered this book being about until I reread it and rediscovered Camilla. Uh, what what do you think will happen in the next book when we finally conclude this epic? Pop over to the blog and share. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. Depends on your platform. In the next episode, we'll cover book three, chapter three of the Biblioteca. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.